one of the most common concerns in a mom's postpartum weight loss journey, maintaining milk supply. If you pump or exclusively breastfeed or anything in between, and you worry about your supply dropping as you lose weight, this one's for you. Welcome to the Tough Love Mom Podcast, where you'll get the equipping and encouragement you need to do the hard things that lead to a healthy life. I'm Liz, and I'm a mom just like you. I've struggled in my journey, but I overcame by educating myself and by hearing about moms who had done hard things too. Get ready for the information you want and the motivation you need. You ready, friend? It's tough love time. All right, friends, we're coming up on a month that can bring so much change. I know in our household, it will bring a lot. There's transitions from summer break to school, or you might still have a trip scheduled for out of town, and you'll have to get your feet back under you when you get home. Whatever it is, August is a month full of change and transition, and that can lead to inconsistency in our journeys. I've experienced that, and I know you have too. That's why our next consistency challenge is happening in August. If you've taken part in one of our Tough Love Mom consistency challenges before, you know how it works, but if you haven't, here's how. Every day in August, you will do 30 minutes of physical activity. That is it. It's simple. And the whole point is consistency. Now, remember, consistency is not the same thing as perfection. If you're worried you can't do it every day, that's fine. Think you're going to fall off, you know, at some point during August. That's okay. Contrary to popular belief, consistency is actually built not by perfection, but by picking back up after you fall off, whether it's an intentional day off or you fell off the wagon a little bit. And the moms who actually get the most out of a consistency challenge are not the ones who do it perfectly for every single day. They're the ones who do miss a day or four or five, but get back up and keep going. These 30 minutes of physical activity can be defined and spent however works for you in the season that you're in with the goals that you have and the schedule that you're looking at. All you need to do is decide ahead of time what that will look like commit to doing it and get after it. So to join us and get your hands on the tracker and to get weekly encouragement via email throughout the month of August, get on the consistency challenge waitlist at the link below or by heading to the tough love mom consistency challenge.com. I cannot wait for August and to get after it alongside you. All right, as we get into this topic, I need to remind you that the purpose of this episode is to inform and educate you on a surface level. It is not intended as a substitute for the advice and guidance of a medical professional or um, someone who's a lactation counselor, and I encourage you to consult the appropriate professional for guidance on topics discussed in today's episode. So over the summer, in our listener community on Facebook, the Tuffle of Mom Squad, I asked what moms want to hear about on the podcast. Yes, you can literally get your questions answered directly here on this podcast by joining the group or sending in your question to the Tough Love text line at 205-809-7300. So this episode is based on a question that was submitted. Here it is. She said, I really want to start working on losing the weight, 
but have struggled so much already with nursing and supply, and I don't want to jeopardize it. So a few normal things first to note about breastfeeding and lactation in general. At the beginning, your breasts are going to feel really full. That's a very normal thing to happen. But over time, as your supply evens out, as your child grows, they may not feel full like they did at the beginning, but you're still producing a perfect amount of milk. What's happening is your body is adjusting to what you actually need to produce, and it just doesn't get that engorgement is the actual term. So in short, feeling full or that engorgement feeling doesn't necessarily equate to having an adequate supply, especially after a few months postpartum and beyond like three, four months, you're not going to feel engorged when you're quote full, uh, that, that tends to even out. Another thing to note is while you can measure output of supply with a pump, you cannot measure what you're producing when you're breastfeeding. Your baby is just taking that straight in. And what's really cool about the way just we were designed as humans is babies have an innate appetite control. So they do take in what they need and they're going to stop when they're full. And even our, our little babies, our toddlers have that appetite control ability. We tend to lose it over time, which is one of, one of many reasons that we struggle with nutrition as we age and probably now as an adult for you. But um, when they're little, especially when they're breastfeeding, they have that appetite control. They know when they're full, they know when they're still hungry. And while you can measure how much you're producing with a pump, you can't while you're breastfeeding. Um, another thing to consider is if you do pump, sometimes our bodies do not respond to a pump as effectively or the same way they respond to our actual child being at the breast. That was actually the case for me. So I'm speaking from pure experience here, um, but also a lot of research I did. And what actually helped me express best was not an electric pump or turning up the numbers and the, the pressure and everything. It was actually using a manual pump, the one that you just use your hand to squeeze. Um, it still wasn't great, but it was better than using an electric pump. That was my personal experience, but a lot of the times the oxytocin release is not the same as when our baby is at our breast. So we might not be producing as much at the pump as when we're actually breastfeeding our child. That just is what happens. There are some medical conditions that can cause issues with milk production, but it's best not to just straight up assume that you have those without speaking to your provider and getting an actual diagnosis. I will say there are absolutely certain things that can cause that anywhere from physical ailments to mental ailments that can cause how much you can produce. Um, Stress is actually one of the biggest triggers of a lowered supply. And so if that is something you're concerned about, it's best that you speak to your provider to either take that out of of the game and make sure that's not what you're struggling with, or if it is, to remedy that situation. Another huge culprit in a drop in supply is actually having an improper latch. And also breastfeeding, it can cause breastfeeding struggles in general. Uh, my, both my boys had issues with this in different ways. When they were little tiny babies, we had their latch revised when they were really young and that helped, but that is a big contributor to a drop in supply. And like I said earlier, one of the top contributors to a lowered supply, especially in those early months is actually stress. So before you go stress out over your weight loss, causing this assumed drop in milk supply or worrying that will happen before you even broach the subject, keep all of these things in mind. It's okay and it's normal to be worried that your baby's getting enough sustenance because you're a mom 
and you feel that responsibility of caring for this little tiny human. And that means you care, which is good. Like, I want you to pat yourself on the back if this is something you're concerned about. Yes, it's a valid thing to be worried about, but it doesn't have to take over all of your thoughts and everything and every day and keep you from taking on something that long-term will make you healthy too. You can have both. You can be concerned about making sure your baby's getting what he or she needs, but at the same time, still take on what's best for you and your body. So I just want to take this moment to remind you that you're doing great. And if you're worried, it's because you care deeply. And that can cause a lot of different feelings. And often those feelings have to exist at the same time. And it's a weird tension to live in. But as humans, that's a tension that we have to live in all the time. So welcome to motherhood. (laughs) There's a lot of tension in it. Now that we have all those things aside, let's bring weight loss into the conversation. If you turn this episode on, you're likely in the first few years postpartum. So we're going to keep it to the basics because I want you to keep it simple so you can actually follow through here. Because even if this is, you know, your second or third or fourth child, you're still navigating a whole new dynamic. Um, And if you're a first time mom, it's a very new dynamic. So we're going to keep it very simple here because that is the only way to take on your journey at this point in motherhood. Number one. This is the first step here. Don't focus on weight loss and at, until at the earliest two months postpartum. If you are anywhere below eight weeks after having a baby, I do not want you thinking about the scale right now. Okay. You're adjusting to a new role. Like I said, even if this is not your first child, everything is evening back out your hormones, your organs inside your mindset and your routine and your sleep and your everything, your milk supply, everything's trying to even out. Your body is healing no matter what kind of birth you had. And you're restoring everything in your life in those early months. And if you're tuned into your hunger cues, sleeping as you can, because we all know it's all over the place in that stage. If you are lactating, you probably will lose a few pounds. But again, you shouldn't even be thinking about or trying to lose that weight in that early season. Okay, so if you're below, turn the episode off, get back to life, and just do what you're doing to heal, restore, rest, provide for your baby, and and engage in that connection with him or with her. The second thing is once you're past that point, you know, after two months postpartum, and you are ready, this is is two-pronged, once you're past that point and ready to put some attention and energy towards weight loss, because that might not be at two months. You might be at six when you're ready for that. Sustainable weight loss is key. Rapid weight loss or extreme caloric restriction will impact your supply. So if you're like, all right, I'm like a couple months postpartum. I'm ready to start working out. I'm ready to start eating healthier. I want to do all the things right now. I'm going to cut my calories a bunch. That's going to affect your supply. Please do not do that. Um, And also if you're aiming to lose like five pounds a week, that's not sustainable. It will impact your supply. About one pound of weight loss a week is safe, sustainable, and should not impact your supply. Um, It's a rate at which you can lose weight while still producing milk without having that concern about lowering production. And you're like only one pound a week, Liz. Yeah, Um, that is, that is a sustainable rate. It will take time. We'll get to that in a minute. And that total is only about four pounds a month. But like I said, that is sustainable 
it's more likely to stay off long-term if you lose weight at that slow rate. And again, it should not impact your supply. If it truly does lower your supply, like if you are, if you're only pumping and you notice, wow, I was producing, you know, I don't, I, I, I'm so far removed from this. I don't remember exact numbers, so don't take these, but let's say you're producing like six ounces a pumping session. I don't know. Is that a lot or a little? I literally am so far removed from like using a pump at all. I totally forgot, but <laughs> let's say you're used to producing six and you drop down to like two to three and your baby when they're, when they're feeding is still super hungry. They're whiny, complaining, and you're having to supplement with something else. And you're noticing I'm really not actually producing what I should be for my child. Then consider what we talked about earlier, latch, an actual condition that might be impacting your milk supply. Or are you losing weight too fast? Are you in too much of a caloric restriction? Because producing milk, especially the first six to nine months postpartum requires a lot of your body on top of the daily functions that you're already doing. So consider the other things if your supply does truly lower, but make sure you're doing weight loss sustainably. The third thing I want you to think about is that caloric intake is the foundation to sustainable weight loss. I know people say a hundred different things, but at the end of the day, because we're keeping it simple here, because you're in that earlier stage of postpartum, you need to remember that caloric intake is the foundation to sustainable weight loss. So let's do some generic math really quick. I say generic because there are factors like your, your current weight, current activity level, your basic metabolic rate, which is basically the number of calories your body uses to perform basic life sustaining functions, like what your body would need if you were to lay in bed all day. So breathing, having your brain work, having your digestive system work, that's your basal metabolic rate. And how much milk you're producing can impact these numbers. So again, I say generic math because of this, but I want to do it to give you an idea of what this takes. So it takes a deficit of approximately 3,500 calories to lose one pound. Now, if you're breastfeeding or producing milk in any capacity, that is said to burn up to, up to 500 calories a day. So you math mind of mamas, can you see a correlation here? If you take that 500 calories a day, it takes to lactate. Again, this is a generic number and you multiply it by seven days. That's approximately 3,500 calorie deficit to lose one pound. Now, if you are in a safe, sustainable deficit, that will work. And like I said earlier, one pound a week while you're producing milk is a safe rate at which to lose weight. If you're eating under 1800 calories, um, that can generally start to impact your supply as well. If you're working out and in that first year postpartum and exclusively breastfeeding or pumping or both, you have to factor all of that in to make sure you're not in too extreme of a deficit. So, and I'm not telling you like, okay, think about these things and then do the numbers and the math and be specific. I don't want you stressing out about all of the numbers exactly, but I don't want you going, okay, I'm ready to lose weight. I know when I was 21 years old before I had kids and I was in college and I was using my fitness pal and tracking every single thing I put in my mouth, I needed to eat 1600 calories a day to lose weight. No, like do not go back to whenever it was because you are in a different stage. You're producing milk. Your body is healing. Your body is doing so much work. You need to fuel with an adequate amount of calories, but still in a deficit to be able to lose weight. On the flip side, 
of all of this, you also want to honestly analyze what you're eating. While basic weight loss and maintaining supply usually comes down to a sustainable and safe calorie deficit, stress management and lack of other issues that could potentially impact your supply, again, like latch, pump effectiveness, and medical conditions, the quality of your food is pretty darn impactful on your ability to lose weight. Minimally processed foods like fruits, vegetables, lean meats, whole grains tend to have a lower caloric density than processed or ultra-processed foods, which actually have a higher caloric density. What is caloric density, you ask? It is simply a measure of the amount of calories in a specified weight of food. So for example, one pound of carrots will have a lot less calories than one pound of fried chicken strips. There was actually a study done by the National Institute of Health in 2019, so it was pretty recent. Um, It was a randomized controlled study that focused on the consumption of processed foods and the outcomes. And while it was on the shorter end of studies, it didn't last very long. It did find that on the ultra-processed diet, so things that you would find on the middle aisles of the grocery stores, they don't really go bad, they're packaged, they tend to have a lot of processed man-made ingredients in them, people ended up eating about 500 calories more per day. They ate at a faster rate and they gained weight. On average, participants gained about two pounds while they were on this ultra-processed diet, but when those same participants were put on a minimally processed or unprocessed diet, again, fruits, vegetables, whole grains, lean meats, things that tend to not have a label or have very minimal ingredients, they're almost in their form, they're almost in their exact form of when they're produced, right? When they come out of the ground or come out of an animal, when they ate for the same amount of time, a minimally processed diet, they lost the equivalent amount of weight, tended to eat less and eat slower. So in short, this study found that people who ate processed food ate more calories and gained more weight than when they consumed a whole food-based diet with foods that were unprocessed. So simply analyzing and shifting the quality of the food you're consuming, again, what you're eating and being honest with yourself about that will have an impact on this journey. If you're in tune with your hunger cues and are honest with yourself about how much processed food is in your diet day to day. What's amazing is if you do dedicate to eating minimally processed foods to satiety, that means to to feeling full, you shouldn't even need to worry about the numbers side of things. So I kind of want to ease your mind a little bit because I know we were talking about numbers earlier and caloric deficit and how much breastfeeding can burn and all of this stuff that can get stressful and stress can impact your supply and you've got enough stress going on in your life. So if you can simply look at what you're eating in a day and say, okay, I can replace this protein bar or this peanut butter and jelly sandwich at 10 a.m. in the middle of the morning or these leftover waffles from my two-year-old. <laughs> I can replace these with, I'm laughing because I've done that before. <laughs> I can replace this with two hard, hard-boiled eggs and a banana. Do you get the difference there? I mean, yeah, you might be eating you know, protein pancakes and maybe these muffins with that you made homemade, but if you're if you're focusing on more whole foods, minimally processed, 
that will take care of itself. And what I want, I've been saying minimally processed foods and all this stuff a lot. All minimally processed foods are, are foods that are slightly altered for the main purpose of preservation. The nutritional content of the food is not substantially changed. So this includes like what they might alter is doing things like cleaning the food and removing inedible or unwanted parts. So think of like a bag of carrots, baby carrots. They skinned them a little bit. They took the the leaves off, um, grinding a food or refrigerating a food, pasteurization. So milk, a lot of the times gets pasteurized, fermentation, freezing, and vacuum packaging. So basically anything that's in its as close to raw natural form as possible That's what a minimally processed food is. So unprocessed, basically in the raw, stick to things like fruits, vegetables, meats, whole grains, and you're on the right track. It's simple. It's just not always easy. So whatever piece of weight loss while lactating is worrying you, my hope is that you found some clarity and peace and direction in this episode. Remember that there are a multitude of factors that can impact your supply outside of weight loss stress being number one. So if you're actually stressed about like what you're eating every single day and making sure that you're getting enough of X, Y, Z or counting calories and working out and it's stressful to get your workout done because you have kids with you. If that's stressful, stop that part of stuff. Stress is going to impact your supply, whatever it is, even if it's not stress, maybe it's your lap, maybe it's your child's latch. Maybe it is a medical condition. Maybe it's the pump that you're using. Address those things first. Seek out support from a professional, like an IBCLC. You can seek out support from your medical provider, whether it's a physician or the midwife you worked with, and make sure that you eliminate any of those possible issues outside of weight loss, especially if you're not even losing weight right now. It's not what's causing your supply issue, right? And if you are in a place where you're ready to put energy and effort towards weight loss while producing milk, Focus on it being sustainable and realistic, but by consuming as much whole unprocessed or minimally processed foods as possible. That way you can take your mind off of the numbers. You don't have to stress about that and make sure you're getting exactly what you need. You can simply eat to that feeling of fullness because you're eating food that is full of nutritional value that you know you can trust putting into your body. If you want a step-by-step, one habit at a time, doable way to approach everything from snacking habits to your workout routine as mom, head to startingpointschool.co so you can get signed up so this journey is clear-cut and tailored to your goals and season of life. And most importantly, it's doable so you don't fall off of these new habits that you create over time. If you're not ready for starting point school and just want something simple to stay consistent with, we are just days away from the start of the August consistency challenge. It is absolutely free to participate. You can just head to the link below, put in your name and your email, and you'll get all of the instructions for August. Again, I hope today relieved any worry or concerns that you may have. Remember that even when you don't feel capable, you are, even if that means asking for help. I love you. You're not alone. And I'll catch you next time. Before you go, thank you for spending this time with me on the Tough Love Mom podcast. If this episode encouraged you in any way, the number one way you can thank me is to leave a review, letting me know how the show has impacted you. Then send this episode to another mom friend or take a screenshot, post it on social media and tag me so I can personally thank you for helping me on this journey 
to impact thousands of moms. I'm so grateful to be on this journey with you, sister. Until next time, get after it.